The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. If a friend asks how you're doing, and you say, I'm okay. When the truth is, I don't want my problems to burden anyone. Or you say, Hang it in there. Because, If I ask for help, they'll just think I'm weak. Then this is your sign to call, text, or chat. 988 for free, confidential support. Anytime. You don't have to hide how you feel. This podcast is brought to you by NEDS, the official wagering partner of the UFC in Australia. Aussie fight fans, keep an eye out for this weekend's UFC pay-per-view event, Player Pump. Player Pump gives you a special fixed odds price for a fighter to win by markets like Method of Victory, Round Betting, and heaps more. You can even pump up your odds on the UFC by combing your favorite markets across different cards. The action doesn't stop with UFC. Neds has everything you need to take it to the Neds level, regardless of what you bet on. Neds Same Game Multi is now available on more sports than ever before. Blended is also brand new to Neds and available on all three racing codes. Blended lets you pick multiple runners in the same race at special blended odds. It's never been easier for you to be paid out as a winner. Take UFC to the Neds level. Terms and conditions apply. Gamble responsibly. A great performance by Cyril Gan. I mean, this is exactly what he needed to do in this spot. on video. I've never been happier. I'm made for a fucking podcast. That's dangerous. Listen to me, we're at it. Look at Ron Burgundy. Do a Mao Wow Wow Cow. Say that. It's fun. Mao Wow Wow Cow. What's always after the uh... cow? I don't know what he says. He doesn't say that. I say that because it opens up my mouth a little bit. Like, like, like be like a lion ready? and with that we start welcome <laughs> to ufc unfiltered <laughs> we come in on matt roaring <laughs> jimmy yes sir you notice anything different about me today you're clean shaven dude can i tell you what happened really do you want sure. to say who's on the show first i'm gonna guess you shaved <laughs> i don't mean to blow the surprise <laughs> It was an accident. You know what happened? I used my beautiful, I don't know if they sponsor us anymore, but I don't care. I use my landscape. Yeah, right? you love it. I love it. So, I, you know, after a couple, after like a day or so, I like to keep it clean. So I always just buzz it on like the first notch of the thing. Right. But sometimes if I don't, if I take a day off or two, I don't like to feel like the like it coming over my lips. You know right. what I mean? So I would take it. the top off and have it bare and then just go around like my mouth a little bit not too much where it's noticeable but just so i don't feel no whiskey sure i don't i don't like that i don't like that jimmy i don't blame you so terrible feeling this morning the family went out you know so i'm in the back by the pool with my espresso getting my head straight for the day sure you know what i mean yeah and then i come in I, you know i go upstairs and I, i'm shaving my head and then I go to just buzz my face like I normally do. Guess what, Jimmy? It's what? a long story, but I left the cap off and I didn't realize it. So I had a big, like, I had a big swipe by itself. I go, what the fuck? And instead of stopping, I did like a little more and I realized, it, oh, it's off. Anyway, Jimmy, we're going to have a great show. Yeah. I mean, that, that was, uh, that's a story you almost would have wanted to close the episode with. Because I hope I should, we can I follow should. the excitement of that. Jimmy, Jimmy, it was a long, a long walk for a little sip of lemonade. I apologize. No, don't you that. apologize. But it's, it's a fine. true story. And it leads to, Jimmy, my fat 
face. I miss my hair. No, you look better this way. You look better this way. You look no, younger Jimmy, this way and better. You look Jimmy, honestly. I'm know. truthful. You do. You look younger and better. I, you think I look younger? Yeah, not that you look bad with it, but I you just know. look. I mean, as I say this, I, I, uh, my neck looks like an old man's scrotum because it's fucking fat with white Jimmy, hair I look under older it. Older with that. You look younger as you are now. I look younger, like yeah, you do. Clean shaven, babyish. I don't know. Well, Ash is ready. I don't know. It's he's not the guy to ask. Ash Dykes, the adventurer. Yes. He's an adventurer. And we also have Cyril Gaon fighting for the interim belt against Derek Lewis this Saturday. Uh, Cyril will be next. And we have uh, Ash Dykes right now. Nice to meet you, man. How's it going, Matt? Hey, Jim. Let me ask you something. As, as like an adventurer, yeah. I, I, I think about that Jeff Bezos thing that he did recently where they shot on the tip of that rocket. Uh, you know, they were in kind of space for a little bit, but they're yeah. basically just sitting in a capsule being shot up. Is that something you would have done if you could have, or is that an adventure you'd want nothing to do with? I tell you what, that would be so damn cool, wouldn't it? You would do it. I would love that. Yeah, 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 yeah. Hands down. And now... I, I understand the extreme athlete part because, you know, there's, there's so many athletes out there. But how well, the adventurer part, where did that come from? Did you just wake up one day and maybe and you would just you watched Madagascar as a kid or something? Said, oh, I like to walk that whole Madagascar. They say, right. It's a random one. It started. It started so organic. Um, you know, I was working here, I was working in the fish and chip shop, I was working as a lifeguard, as a waiter, I was raising as much money as I could. Um, I finished college and I didn't actually take the university route. I actually just went traveling and it was probably when I first went traveling, I found myself very much on the beaten track, you know, on the tourist route, which was great. You know, I was meeting people from all over, but that's not really what I was there for. I was there to, you know, explore the local cultures, try the local delicacies, get far from the beaten track and create my own experiences, but all, all on a low budget. So initially it all started very, very recklessly, you know, crossing into borders sort of illegally over to Myanmar, sort of learning how to survive in the jungle with the Burmese Hill Tribe, um, cycling the length of Cambodia and Vietnam on $10 bikes. It was crazy, really. How old were you when you started that first uh, adventure there? 19. 19. You, yeah. you didn't have any out. Were you like a boy scout or anything? Did you know any outdoors before you go to live in the jungle? Like, you know, that could be dangerous, obviously. Yeah. I'm not, yeah. I'm not a camper or anything. I don't, I mean, but I, I'm pretty sure you're right. Really dangerous. Yeah, no, for sure. it was, it was actually my first time in the jungle and it was funny because we saw it was like North of Thai. It was the North of Thailand. And we just saw this guy. He was almost like the Thai Rambo. He had this sort of bandana wrapped around his head. He had a machete in his hand. Um, he, you know, he was sort of on the outskirts of the jungle and me and my friend Matt um, sort of approached us over and we went over and he's talking about this jungle survival sort of thing that he can show us how to survive in the jungle and if we can walk for two or three days as a Burmese hill tribe. And, you know, that should have really raised a lot of red flags. Uh, you know, it's like with a machete in his hand. But we were kind of like, you know, risk nothing, gain nothing. Let's, uh, he seems... He seems genuine. Um, let's see what it's all about. And it, it was one of the best experiences. What, what was in it for him? Did he ask you for this much money? I could show you the ropes or? Yeah, he did. Yeah, it was. And I think it equated to something about $30, $40. But, but you know what's scary? What, what was stopping this guy from getting you how many miles away and telling you there's a hill tribe and have a couple of other buddies with machetes? I mean, that's scary. I mean, you know. Yeah, exactly. No, you're right. It, it Like the early adventures were was so reckless. Like even the Vietnam cycle that we did, you know, there was no pump, no puncture repair kit. It was a $10 bike. We had no map, no electronics. And we cycled over 1,100 miles. The, you know, the length of Cambodia and, and Vietnam, it was, uh, and, and so they were like the early adventures before the sort of big world records, if you like, but it was def def definitely, um, they were the catalysts, you know? Well, Matt, Matt kind of wandered into an area that I was thinking when you were talking, did you ever like, because you hear about a lot of guys who will go do stuff in Mexico or other places and they wander into cartel territory without realizing where they are. Have you had any of that where you're in a neighborhood or you're in a town and you're like, oh, there's a real criminal element that controls this and we have to either A, get out of here or you had to do something in order to be allowed to pass through? Yeah, for sure. Uh, I had, I had a, a couple of those actually. 
Uh, the south of Madagascar um, is pretty dangerous when it comes to that. It's all quite corrupt in terms of policing authorities and, and military. Uh, and we had to avoid the bandits and the bandits sort of steal the, the zebu, which are the, the cattle, uh, and take them to the other side of the island to, to sell them. But they're heavily armed. They've got a lot of artillery. So we kind of tried to utilize the jungle to hide from the bandits, but then came across the military that were looking for the bandits and, and were held up at, um, at gunpoint, uh, which was terrifying. You know, we were hoping, you know, that we bump into the military over the bandits. Sure. But then rumor has it, the military were actually even more corrupt. Um, so that was quite scary. How long do they have you for? It must've been about 15, 20 minutes. Um, and then more locals got wind. They started to gather. There was one guy, I think he assumed I'm, I'm French. The French don't have a great history there in Madagascar. Uh, and he was trying to break past the crowd to fight me. And it was just, yeah, it was pretty intense. But, but it was all right, you know, we cracked them. Did you see any bandits that you had to actually duck out of the way or you didn't run into any at all? No, we didn't run into any at all. No, we always sort of came across the sheriff of each village and we would ask him, you know, about the, the activity of the bandits, where are they and where should we go to avoid them? Um, and so that was pretty cool. They'd always kind of point us in the right direction, you know, just from local knowledge, if you like. Now, did you have any bodyguards with you or anything with you, like in case you ran into these bandits? Do you have any uh, weapons and whatnot? No, no. Uh, we, had, we had a knife, uh, sort of just like a camp knife, if you like, but it, it's illegal as a Westerner, you know, to carry it any sort of artillery with you. If you, if you caught, it's, uh, it's pretty nasty. Same with China and same with Mongolia. So Mongolia was the first sort of big record. Then it was Madagascar. Then it was Mission Yangtze, sort of the, was the biggest and the most recent. Uh, but Mongolia was solo and unsupported. So I was completely alone. Very, another reckless one really as well. I couldn't afford um, no insurance. It was kind of invalid. Uh, it was very low budget. Madagascar, it wasn't solo and unsupported. There was a guide um in terms of translation and then the third one in china was like different guides coming at different times but probably about 60 percent of it was was solo china has to feel safer though at, at least there's more of a, of a structure and, and chances are the military isn't going to kidnap you i mean uh, so you had to feel a little safer in china yeah 100 percent. there were issues in the west um because the source of the yangtze river uh, it's it's the biggest river to run uh, in asia it's the third longest river in the world and you know, the source is very sensitive because it's very close to Tibet. Um, and so it took me two years of planning because I had to get government and, and all of the authority wow. on board and I needed to get the right stamps and signatures. But we were still pulled in. We were, in, you know, questioned and we were threatened. Um, to, they, they were threatened with deportation. Uh, so it was intense. It, it went from sort of mission Yangtze to mission escape and evade. We had to escape the sensitive region and we had to evade the locals because they kept you know phoning the police and the police would have had it 2 a.m did you go to any any near any um there's those lost cities in china like there's cities that are like modern cities that just for some reason nobody moved into and and you'll see like these uh maybe like you know 30 or 40 giant high-rise apartment buildings that are not occupied because whatever reason the economy didn't allow it did you see any of those yeah yeah we did um only a few of those, and yeah, it was really eerie. Sort of, you know, the the grass and the shrubs, if you like, had started to regain, you know, control over that once a community oh, or, or, or future town. Um, and so, yeah, that was always quite quite eerie. Even communities like that, we came across certain communities that were all fenced up and had tarpaulin over them, but they had rips through and bears were a huge concern in the West of China. Really? By a pack of wolves for two days, but the bears were, you know, you're not doing anything against the bear and they were pretty hot on our tail most of the time because they were actively now looking for calories before they went into torpor, which is kind of like their hibernation season. Ah, shit. They're looking for calories. That was eerie. That was eerie. Yeah. Yeah, Fuck. (laughs) There was something, uh, about, I wanted to ask you about the, oh, did you, were you tempted to go to North Korea at all from China? Because you can do tour, uh, tours of North Korea. Yeah, you can. I've hit so. Uh, no, I, it, didn't, it didn't cross my mind. Uh, I've been to South, I've presented in South Korea, um, but no, not, not North Korea. Have either of you guys been there? <laughs> no, no, no. I've been to Canada. <laughs> hey, Canada's a great place. <laughs> Yeah, I know North Korea would scare me. I think um, you're you're on a short leash in North Korea, anyway. Yeah, true. 
you know, you can't take pictures. I think you can't even bring in your phone. No, I think it's extremely sensitive, isn't it? Yeah. So it doesn't sound like a good vacation spot. No. You know? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Shit, man. So Madagascar, listen, you're, you're trekking across there. How do you know? You're just like, all right. Is it like one of those things like this will be a good place to camp? Is it that it or is it like, all right, I know there's a town from here. I'll jump in a hut. How does it work? Yeah. So with Madagascar, if we could stay with the locals, then at the beginning, we would try to do that. But down south, we, you know, it, it was it was fairly tricky. They would always demand money or they, they liked their alcohol. So they'd get quite aggressive. Then it got to a point where we prefer to stay away from the communities until we got further north because they were a little bit more. Um, wealthy, a little bit more friendly in North Madagascar, whereas South, you know, there there is shootings, uh, there are there is the bandits, there are the military that break through these communities and look for any reason to take anyone's money. And so uh, we did try to stay off the radar. Uh, Mongolia, on the other hand, were, was incredible. You know, we'd always want to stay with the with the locals in their sort of white felt tent because uh, you could go. I went over eight days without seeing a single human which was crazy of, of walking, pulling a trailer behind me, sort of carrying all provisions needed to survive. Uh, you know, three weeks over the Altai mountains, five weeks across the Gobi desert and a further three weeks over the um, Mongolian steppes. So seeing locals and being taken in by them, you know, always welcome and they'd feed you up. They'd give you chai and, and wish you well. When you did one of these adventures by yourself, right? Um, what are you, what are you doing with your downtime? I mean, you're just reading a book, you're fucking, you're looking at the stars, you're doing yoga. What are you doing to let the time go by? Yeah, you're writing. Uh, yeah, I, I would. I would sort of write or take voice memos. So a typical day would be I'd wake up at 5 a.m. I'd have a ration pack at 5.36. I would get going about 6, 6.30. And it's pretty much a solid day of, of hiking. Many different challenges um, do occur. So it's, I don't think I had one day that I can remember where it was just an enjoyable hike it was always so intense and demanding you know and then come nighttime i would either leave a voice note um and gather that for for the book or write it in the journal uh and then nine o'clock i am i am gone after 30 40 miles um as soon as my head hits the pillow inside my tent or my fleece um that's it i'm gone and so that oh, was you're a good sleeper yeah especially after especially after that after the um the war, you know, the trailer was 260 pounds that I had to pull behind me, sort of carrying everything. So after pulling that for 14 to 16 hours, oh, I was I was gone. Yeah. Now, I mean, how do you sleep so well besides the animals? Like, I mean, right. What about the besides the wildlife? What about the fucking bandits? I don't know. I, I mean, I know you're tired, but talk about sleeping with one eye open. I, I'm in Long Island. I don't sleep. That alarm's not on. I don't know if I'm sleeping well. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I don't no, know. No, I know what you mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, I, I guess when it came to nighttime, Madagascar, maybe we got we got kind of lucky. I don't think we had any issues with people approaching our tent at night. We did in in China. Oh, in the shit. west of China. Yeah, you know, sort of police lights. We're in the wild. They wouldn't rock up upon our tent until two, three o'clock in the morning because it would have taken them six, seven hours just to drive to us because we were so remote and they were just on dirt tracks. Oh, shit. Um, yeah, and then Mongolia, there was no humans that rocked up on my tent, but there, you know, I remember hearing footsteps and sort of heavy breathing around my tent and I was thinking, I've not seen anyone in days. What is this? It was about three o'clock in the morning. I was in the middle of the Gobi Desert and you know, it took me 10 minutes. I was slowly unzipping my tent and it was this sort of wild dog circling my tent. It was fine. It was non, non-threatening, but... It was it was pretty creepy, you know. That's a fucking horror movie. Yeah, it's scary. Yeah, what do you do, by the way? All those hours of walking. What is your mind doing? Like we all talk to ourselves. You run through daydreams. What What is your after eight days of seeing and talking to nobody? What does your mind do to keep? What are you thinking of? Um, I tried not to. I tried not to freak out, really. You know, because when there's people, there's always some sort of safety line, you know, you get into trouble, you can always approach them. But when the days went by and I realized that, you know, holy shit, I am, I am out there. I am in the middle of absolutely nowhere. I told myself that I'm, you know, I'm never going to experience this again. I came across a section in the Gobi Desert and I remember my logistics manager warning me. He said, there's no such thing as silence because I said to him, you know, imagine how silent it's going to be in the desert. 
He was like, there's no such thing as silence. I was like, what do you mean there's no such thing? And he said, you'll know when you hit or if you hit the right section. And I, I, I did. I, I was in the, the depth of the Gobi and it came to a point where there was nothing, no wind, no insects, no people, no vehicles, no noise pollution whatsoever. Yet I heard this sort of humming noise and I thought it was something coming from my trailer, uh, maybe my water container. So I left my trailer by a few hundred meters and I could still hear it. And I think that's what, well, that's exactly what he meant. He said, once you're at the point of silence, as long as you're living and breathing, you actually can then finally hear your own body ticking over. And that's what he meant by there's no such thing as silent. I could hear this faint little humming noise, if you like. It was crazy. And what was the humming? It was, um, it was like a deep pitch humming noise of like sort of my insides just functioning. Oh. Yeah, because it was so quiet and no external noise. I was actually hearing the noise of, you know, internally of my body ticking wow. over. Which I've never heard it before and I never heard it after. It was just that stint in the Gobi Desert. Because there's always a little background noise. Like you said, wind, whatever it is. Um, whatever it you know, is, yeah. Yeah, there's something, but that's a place of just total isolation. Yeah, yeah, exactly that, yeah. So I did try to soak it up and enjoy it and not freak out too much. Um, but, you know, I almost lost my life in the Gobi as well. One of the water wells was dry. Um, I got to, you know, that was probably the most scariest on the Mongolia journey is realizing that if I keep hiding underneath the trailer, you know, I'm going to die in the Gobi. I'd missed the point of pickup. I had four days to walk, sort of rationing my last remaining dribbles of water. My organs were drying up. I was delirious. I was hallucinating. Um, oh, shit. Are we going to find out how, well, how you got through that by getting your book that's coming out? That's a good <laughs> You can leave a cliffhanger or you could tell us you found some berries. Would you, dude? Would you, you're making me think of that movie Into the Wild with that poor kid. Uh, yeah, fucking, yeah. He's the rotten meat. He's eating the wrong berries. He's crying. Yeah, that's right. Oh. Intense, isn't it? That's an intense movie. Crazy, yeah, it was crazy. depressing at the end. Holy it shit. Was. It took a drastic turn, didn't it? Yeah. Yeah. No, you know, for myself, I, I just broke the goals down. I couldn't picture four days. I'm sort of a, a big believer in, you know, visualization, but I was in too much agony. You know, weeks had gone by and I was, you know, becoming worse and worse dehydrated. Um, and I can picture the last remaining four days to the next community. Um, I could picture a hundred meters, you know, I, I could see a hundred meters. Right. Put my goals down, you know, walk a hundred meters, rest under the trailer for no more than five minutes and then walk another hundred meters. Oh, it, man, it was painful. It was insidious. But How much water did you have at that point? At that point. So I was carrying like a big 20 liter container of water. And at that point, there must've just been, a couple of inches left remaining at the bottom of for the four days. Container. Yeah, to last four days in over 40 degrees Celsius. There was no wind, there was no clouds, no shelter. And I was pulling the trailer, but because it was a mix of gravel and soft sand, the, the thin tires on my trailer were now sinking into the soft sand. Um, and it, oh, it was just burning down, you know, it was, it was melting. What did you do with that? Baby sips? What'd you do with that shit? Uh, yeah. Did you just do a little sip here and there? Little sips here and there, Matt, yeah, and, you know, the water container was, was so hot that I was just drinking hot water. Not that it really mattered, but it wasn't pleasant. Um, and the hard bit was, like, taking my mouth from the, from the lid, you know, from stopping myself from drinking. Because yeah. your instinct is get this fluid down you. But I had to ration it and make it last. You must have felt good when you finally saw what you were trying to get to. Yeah, big time, big time. But Mongolia is one of those, like you could see like a white felt tent in the distance and you think because you see it, you're going to be there in an hour or two, but it could take you a whole day. You could wake up and see a tent in the distance and be like, that's going to take me all day to walk to. Oh, really? It was at the same time demoralizing, you know, it tease you. You think yeah. it's better than it is, but you just keep going and going and going. That's crazy. Man. Yeah. And you crazy. did some Muay, uh, Muay Thai I read here. Yeah, 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 yeah. So after those sort of first adventures I was telling you about in like Vietnam and the jungle survival, yeah, um, I then lived in Thailand for two years as a as a scuba diving instructor um, and a Muay Thai fighter. Yeah, which was which I was doing a lot of boxing here in Wales beforehand, um, and you know I went to Bangkok, I went to the big stadiums, and yeah, uh, there's just something about it. It's just so cultural, so tradition. Uh, traditional and I just saw they were almost like the band of brothers you know they were sleeping at the gym they would eat at the gym they'd wake up at the gym and start training they would train three to four times a day it was intense you know the discipline behind it and motivation and I was like you know what I want to uh, 
I want to experience a little bit of that. You know, I remember getting my leg completely jacked up, going there as a boxer in the wrong stance. They would just jack my leg up and, wow. you know, I had to start from scratch. It was, uh, it was, it was painful, but um, you do Brazilian jiu-jitsu, right? You and- yeah, yeah, I have a jiu-jitsu school here in, if you're yeah. in Long Island, New York, man. Stop on in. You messed around with jiu-jitsu at all? Never. I would love to, though. Yeah, I'd love to. I'm sure you'd love it, dude. I don't know if you're ever in New York, but that invitation's always open. Oh, I appreciate that. That would be mega. And you're probably very good at dealing with discomfort. Like, you know, after having done that in the desert, jiu-jitsu freaks me out just because it seems so smothering. Mm. But after four days or however long you're hiking over things and pulling that, you're probably used to mentally managing discomfort and, and learning how to navigate being uncomfortable and feeling shitty. Yeah, you know, they are, they're completely different beasts in a way. But yeah, I think, I think mindset is crucial for any martial art. And the mindset to get me through the Gobi Desert is, is a similar mindset to what you need to, you know, to step up in the octagon or, or to spar someone at jiu-jitsu. Um, you know, again, it, it, it's, it's a good 50-50 mindset and, and um, physical attributes, you know? I would say, would you agree, Matt? Would you? Oh, 100%. No, like the, the mental is so, the mental, the physical without the mental is, yeah, it means nothing. So hand in hand, the, mental, the mental is, is, is a huge part of the fight game. Yeah. I see here you write that you, you, you say it's uh, 30% physical and 70% mental. On an expedition, yeah, I know that would be different in martial arts because it's so much intense in a short period of time. On an expedition, you, you know, the biggest thing is planning the logistics and, and setting off. Um, you know, the Yangtze River, that was a 4,000-mile journey, and it took me 352 days to complete and I remember before I'd made it to day number one, so before I'd made it to the start, to the, to the scientific source of the Yangtze River, I had already lost five members. I'd already had to abandon the expedition twice. I had already been pulled in by the police and I hadn't even made it to the start. And when I eventually got to the start, I was like, right, here we go. I've got a, I've got a year of this. 4,000 miles away in Shanghai, oh. the Yangtze River ends is my finish and it's going to take me, you know, over 350 days to get there. And so there's some, you know, you need a def, definitely a mindset to not look at the 4,000 miles and, and the fact that it's going to take you a year, but break the goals down just similar to what I did in the Gobi Desert. And it's easy to just be overwhelmed and think, you know what, fuck this. That's, that's too long. <laughs> yeah. Well, Ash, let's get the plug out too. Um, before we let you go, we want to get your plug for your book. You're a fascinating guy. And obviously you've lived a fascinating life. Um, and, and just listening to the way you talk and describe things, uh, obviously uh, your book will be very, very interesting because there's so much detail and, um, you know, you seem to have a great grasp on how to relay the information in a really interesting way. What, what is your book called? Where can people get it? Yeah, the book is Mission Possible um, and it can be found on Amazon. I am actually doing personally signed copies via the website, which oh. is com. But yeah, if anyone's interested to learn more, the Yangtze River isn't in that book. I still need to do a second book on that. Yep. But it is sort of how it all begun, the previous sort of reckless adventures, the training, the mindset, um, the Mongolia journey, and the Madagascar. Well, that's awesome. Before you go really quick now, is there are you chilling for a while? Are you retired from these adventures or... Is it going to be a third book or something? And we got another adventure coming. Oh, I tell you what, we are just getting started. The sort of the team's expanding. You know, I'm working with uh, Bowman Bridge and Redeeming Features now, and we're looking into TV, you know, and I'm looking to broaden the expedition so it's not just hiking. I've recently obtained my skydiving license, and, you know, we're going to start introducing a little bit of land, air, and sea into these kind of expeditions. So, um, yeah, for sure. Uh, it's just getting started. <laughs> That's so great, man. Yeah, we lead very different lives. Um, <laughs> listen, it's good talking to you, and and uh, you know, keep doing what you're doing, and just stay safe. And uh, you know, really, thanks for a fun talk, and I hope your book does really well. Appreciate that. Thanks for your time, and, and thanks for calling through. Anytime, Ash. Take care. Appreciate it. Take care, guys. See you now. You put in the work training at the gym, on the court, at the track, wherever you go. You push your body to the limit. Now, maximize your results. Discover how to unlock your inner champion with Thorne's high-performance sports nutrition line. With the most comprehensive line of NSF certified for sport products on the market, 
Thorne is the unquestioned leader in both quality and innovation in sports nutrition. With pre-built fitness bundles like Thorne's Training Bundle, you can jumpstart your training and fitness routines and help take your performance to the next level. Don't trust your body to anything else. Choose the supplement brand with the extensive third-party testing and the highest level of certification recognized in pro sports. Choose Thorne, the official sports performance nutrition partner of the UFC. Visit Thorne.com and use the promo code UFC10. That's T-E-N for 10% off. That's promo code UFC10 and you get 10% off. And Matt and I get the credit and that's all that matters. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. If a friend asks how you're doing and you say, I'm okay. When the truth is, I don't want my problems to burden anyone. Or you say, hang it in there. Because if I ask for help, they'll just think I'm weak. Then this is your sign to call, text, or chat. 988 for free confidential support. Anytime. You don't have to hide how you feel. There he is. <laughs> Sorry, guys. How you doing? Good to see you, bro. I like your style. Let me see that shirt. What is that? Uh, this is this is my brother. Uh, this is a singer in the rap music in France. Is and you're from my crew. Ah, oh, from France. Yes. Let me tell you. Did you ever hear the song Samurai? It's a French rap song. Who? It's called Samurai. I don't know. When I fought George Saint Pierre, he came out to a rap French song called Samurai. Oh, I, it's old school, Cyril Gan. But you might have to look that up. Ah, Samurai. Yeah, I yeah. am. Ah, maybe, yes. It's a old one. Uh, yes, exactly. No, it's Samurai. Samurai. I love it. It's, it's, it's a whole song, yeah. It is. And I'm an old guy. <laughs> Don't let my fresh face fool you. How are you feeling, man? How are you doing? Yeah, I'm fine. I'm fine. I just arrived there two years now. Uh, two, two years. Two days ago. <laughs> yeah, two years. You've been waiting a long time. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, we could. We just have a little bit, uh, a little bit tired uh, with the jet lag, but, uh, but we're good. We did uh, the first training yesterday at night and uh, good feeling. Are you surprised at how this interim fight came about? You know, Francis... Uh, is the champion, and w- were you surprised that he wasn't fighting for the belt, that you were getting the shot against Derek? Mm, a little bit, a little bit, but uh, I'm not sure, but uh, the fight against Derek Lewis and Francis was was booked, and, and I think uh, Francis canceled it, and, uh, and uh, Houston was already booked, and so he's looking for someone, and, uh, and maybe... Uh, for the pay-per-view, maybe it's a good choice to do uh, an interim title. And after this interim title to, for the unification, it's going to be a great deal for the pay-per-view too. You must feel, uh, I think the fact your last two fights have gotten the distance against uh, uh, Rosenstrike and Volkov. I think that's a very good thing for you. Uh, you know, you've proven that you can go five rounds uh, against yeah. very, very uh, guys with good kicks, guys who are great strikers. Um, I, I think that must make you feel very confident about your cardio and your ability to go deep into a fight. Yes, of course. Of course. And uh, 100%, this is my strength uh, against uh, guys like Derek Lewis. And everybody knows what is his strength, is uh, the poor knockout. But yes, I'm a young man. I have uh, a young experience, but uh, I did very well in uh, in my former fight. And everybody knows I got, I got a fight, a good fight IQ, and I can, uh, I can manage, I can adjust during the fight. I can, uh, I can do everything like that. So when you found out this was for the interim title, how excited were you, man? This is this is huge. It's huge. It's the belt over here. 
Yeah, this is huge, but uh, <laughs> like uh, every time it's a little bit strange, but uh, that's normal for me. It's look, it's look a little bit normal. I'm not, uh, I'm not, I'm not more exciting. Uh, uh, I don't know why. I don't know why exactly, but uh, this is a fight, and for me, I just want to win my fight. And every time it's like that. It's not uh, all they are around this. It's just yes, I got a fight, I got an opponent, and I must win this uh, this weekend. That's it. And yes, of course, around that you have a bonus, and this is a bet, so this is mean something. But uh, first time, I really focus on my fight. And everyone in the heavyweight division can knock almost anyone out with one punch. I mean, you guys all hit so hard, but Derek Lewis. Uh, he's scary because no matter how deep into a fight you go against Curtis Blades, even, you know, he looked uh, tired. He wasn't having a great fight and he just needs that one shot. Uh, he has uh, one punch knockout power, probably more than uh, Volkov or even Rosenstrike or Dos Santos. So you have to always be aware of that, I guess. Yes, that's true. That's true. But that's because... I think he's a, he's a, he's a smart because he know he's not well wounded. That's why this is the game plan. You just want to do just one punch because you don't have the cardio, you don't have the all of that. So this is smart. This is really smart. That's funny because he even plays possum. You know, play. You know, I don't know if you know what that means. In, I don't know if the translation is good. Playing possum. Yes, plays. yes, that's true. Yes, he, he plays. He plays, like, and then bang, he comes he out. <laughs> Shit, zero. Now listen. Are you watching a lot of Derek Lewis fights or do you let your, your coach do that? You're just studying on your training. No, like every time I let my coach to do this job, this is his job. And uh, me, I just, I just need to see, to see what kind of, of guy is it. Just uh, what he like to do. Just, just, just a few moments of this fight. That's uh, that's uh, that's okay for me. And, uh, and after that, I have the coach, uh, uh, learn a lot. Uh, he watched a lot. And uh, after that, at the training, uh, we manage a training like that. And you're undefeated at the moment, 9-0. and But you've said that that's not, like, you. nobody wants to lose. But you said if you lose, you're okay with that. It's not going to redefine who you are to yourself. You're prepared for that mentally, that if that happens someday, you'll just keep going. Yes, that's true. Every time uh, when I go to the, in the cage, every time I say, okay, I hope it's going gonna, it's gonna to be good for me because I'm confident. I think I can do very well. But everything is possible. It's a fight. And you don't know what's going to happen in the cage. Maybe some guy can surprise you. So everything is possible. And careful, so, somebody yeah, might surprise you. Behind. A guy yeah, there's someone behind you. Be careful. There's a guy creeping around behind you. That guy. That guy yeah, is yeah, an assassin? Is Derek Lewis send that motherfucker? Yes. Oh, that guy. He looks like a big cat. Hey, dude, you can't do that to us, man. You're freaking me out. Scary. Oh, he's hero guy. Tell Peter Parker to fucking relax. They're a bob wire with a fucking. Sorry, Cyril. Hey, Cyril. <laughs> hey, Cyril. I'm sorry, brother. Listen, besides fighting, just so our audience gets to know you a little bit, what's something you like to do? Are you, you like to go to movies? You like walks in the park? You're reading books? Give us something unrelated to MMA, like a hobby or something. Me, it's just a training. Uh, uh, every time uh, a normal day is uh, is okay. I wake up. I prepare my my daughter to go uh, in the in the school, and uh, after that, I go to the gym for my first training of the day. Uh, at the middle of the journey, uh, I'm gonna eat. Maybe I'm gonna play a little bit. Uh, in the video, video games. <laughs> video games. Yes. I love that. I think this is my biggest uh, hobby, uh, the video games. And uh, after that, I go to the second training. Uh, I go back uh, to uh, to pick up my daughter. And after that, video games before yeah. <laughs> before to Jimmy. get to the bed. Yeah, hey, yeah. Hey, hey, Cyril, Jimmy teases me sometimes about my video game addiction. I played virtual reality. Yeah, yeah. I got headset. I'm playing. Jimmy, I, you know, I'm a 47 year old man. My good friend, he could be a little bit of a bully, this little guy. And he kind of teases me. Why don't you tease him? Tease, hey, hey, he's zero gone about his video games. I'll tell you why. Because I only tease welterweights or lower. I don't tease middleweight, light heavyweight, or heavyweights. I don't fuck with. So I will not tease Cyril Gone because he's a heavyweight and he may be heavyweight champion someday. Only welterweights or lower will I, will I make fun of. <laughs> no, 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 I like that. I like that. I like that. 
and by the way, you've gotten like in the last year, your your profile, you're so much more recognizable now. Uh, are you noticing this newfound fame and recognition you've gotten uh, from rising so quickly in the UFC? And how are you liking that? Uh, yes, uh, everybody can feel it uh, when we walk in the street uh, in Paris or not only uh, in Houston. Some guys, that's normal because uh, this weekend uh, they are in heaven. But uh, and I like that. I like that. Uh, I like that because I like to to make a pleasure uh, with the fun. I like to take uh, to take my time with uh, with uh, with the with the fun to take uh, photos and uh, some videos. And uh, yes, this is something good for me. I like to. I like to give back all of that because I know all these fans support me uh, with a really good vibe. So I like to get like this. It's uh, some, some guys, it gets tough when, with, when you're with family, like some guys, if you're out with your daughter or if you're out with your wife, it's a little tough then. Yes, probably. But for this moment in, uh, in my country, that's, that's okay. That's okay. Uh, the people are really, uh, really great with me, really nice. And, um, no, the the people are cool for 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 the moment. Well, look, uh, you're fighting this Saturday night. We like you a lot. Uh, again, you, I I love that you've gone the distance a couple of times, really deep into fights. You against Derek Lewis, main event uh, in Houston this Saturday. Uh, Cyril, good luck. Um, uh, UFC 265. You're a fast rising star, and uh, it's always it's always nice to talk to you. Thank you, thank you very much for your support, guys. Thank and uh, we'll talk to you again after the fight. Okay. With pleasure. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. If a friend asks how you're doing, and you say, I'm okay. When the truth is, I don't want my problems to burden anyone. Or you say, Hang it in there. Because, If I ask for help, they'll just think I'm weak. Then this is your sign to call. Text or chat 988 for free confidential support anytime. You don't have to hide how you feel. I like him a lot, and I like Derek Lewis a lot. I'm look, I, I do too. You know me and my Saturday nights with the fights. I just have such a good time. Um, I love Derek Lewis. That's but. Isn't that crazy, Matt, how dangerous Lewis is? Like, literally, no matter how the fight is going, he's one. And he, a lot of everyone says, ah, this guy's one punch away. He's always really honestly one punch away. Uh, you, yeah, you don't see him land clean shots on guys' jaws that they that they walk through. No, 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 no. He, he, um, he as they say, packs a punch. Yeah, he certainly does. <laughs> Listen, we got fights to talk about for next week. I just, really quick, though. Yeah. Oh, man, I, I shouldn't have looked at this yet. This is wild. I'm what? looking at the card for next week. It's a fuck. It's, cra- it's crazy. Yeah, Munoz, Jose Aldo as a co-man. It's just great. A Pedro Munoz versus Jose Aldo. Yeah, man. I like myself a Pedro, that, that Pedro Munoz. He's got really good jujitsu. He's heavy-handed, and uh, he's got a sick guillotine. Really sick guillotine, bro. That's a great fight. And I'm also looking forward to uh, Chiesa versus Luque. Oh God, yeah, third fight up. Yes. Yeah, Cass has got a he's a he's a different animal at welterweight. Yeah, he's a different fucking he's I don't know if he should have been there all along, but he's not like a, it's not like a lightweight moving up and he's a little guy. He's like a big welterweight. Yeah, you know what I mean? So I don't know. I'm I'm happy and I'm happy for that fight. I want to see that fight. Um, I'm just happy in general. Uh, really quick, a couple more about the fights over the weekend. Sean Strickland uh defeated our uh, our good buddy Uriah Hall. I mean, first of all, we like Strickland too. Now, I think yeah, absolutely, of course. Yeah, I think he's uh, a very interesting guy. Yeah, very honest guy. He's a very honest guy. Uh, I like him. I, I like genuine people. Uh, I like when they speak their mind, regardless how it might come out, and people might read them wrong. But uh, I, I, we're going to have him back again. Yeah, and Uriah back again. But 
that night definitely belonged to Sean Strickland. He he seemed on. And Uriah, something happened, I felt, in the first round that took a little something either out of him or or got him just unfocused or, or something. He got hit maybe in the eye. I got to see he what He was happened. blinking. A lot. He seemed very concerned of his eye. Like, he's always wiping at it. Like, he was telling burning his eye. And then it looked like he started coming back. And then he was just a little behind. It, it, it felt like Uriah could not find his rhythm. He could not get his timing down. There wasn't a lot of kicks at all. Uh, I wonder if he had an injury. I, I kept thinking, like, for him to not kick, is he hurt at all? So great. So it's like, to make it more of a boxing match, I know there was kicks sprinkled in. Yeah. Right. Hey, listen, good fight. Good main event. Great fight. Uh, great Hulk. The whole card was great. And uh, congratulations to Sean, who really looked good. And uh, I mean, that jab, his left jab, I mean, it was just vicious from the first round on. That jab was was like Larry Holmes. He really did show up, you know, for a main, it's his, his tremendous main event. First time, I believe it's his first time main event. Yeah, I think so. And uh, he, he passed that with flying colors. He belongs in there. And yeah. hey, man, new star on the rise and our yeah. new friend, uh, Cheyenne Bay. Uh, Cheyenne Bay, yeah. Uh, defeats Gloria De Paula, and that was that was just brutal. That was talk about well timed, yeah. crazy. That yeah. was a second away from being like a downed opponent, but she timed it where she got up, and that and wow, did she follow up? She seems so focused. I like her. I like yeah. her intensity, and I like her honesty. Yeah, that what is one of the most beautifully placed kicks I've ever seen. I mean, that really you're right. It was it was timed so perfectly that she was not a downed opponent. Um, just getting up the way so many fighters do so many times. You see that all the time, somebody getting up like that. Uh, and usually they don't pay for it so immediately. But, uh, yeah, she really paid for getting up uh, with her guard down. And, uh, I mean, not to jump all over the place. I mean, we could keep going backwards. But uh, I just want to say Jason Witten, and uh, he defeated Brian Barbarina. But, Jason Witten, yeah. But uh, Jason, what did I say? Uh, you might have said Jason Witten or Jason Witten, but you might have been starting your next sentence, yeah. Yeah, Jason Witt defeats uh, Brian Barbarena. But what a fight, man. Because I'll tell you right now, I was watching that fight and I was saying, Barbarena, 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 Barbarena. Brian Barbarena, Barbarena, Barbarena. Anyway, but I miss, uh, I miss Cyril Gunn's crackling audio. So, Jimmy, the fight was great. <laughs> The fight was great. Incredible. Jason Witt. That was, I mean, I there's a couple of times Bubba Red almost had him out. Yeah. I mean, it was such a wild fight. But I'll tell you right now, Bubba Rain is never in a, he's always like a fucking crazy caveman in there. I like it. You know, I like myself a Brian Bubba Rayner fight. Yeah. But that was a great fight, man. And Jason Witt times some good takedowns and, ooh, good fight, man. Uh, Jared Gooden. How good did he look? Boy, he came out. Wow. He came out on a mission, man. Uh, very, very aggressive uh, and very accurate and, and made pretty quick work of uh, Nicholas Stoll's uh, round one knockout, uh, 108 of the first. It was wild, Jimmy. Yeah. It was wild. It was a great night. A great um, night. Uh, Melsic, Bagadan, a siren. I said it right. Uh, yeah. I did it. Over, over Allen. Yeah, Colin Anglin. Yeah. Yeah, um, Colin Anglin. Uh, I like Anglin. Colin Anglin. Anglin. Yeah. Uh, KO, second round. Impressive. Impressive. Jimmy, it was a great night of fights. I, I enjoyed I enjoyed it thoroughly. Um, let me see. Anything on the undercard? What do you want to talk about? Philip Rowe looked really good. Phil, that Philip oh Rowe fight goodness. was really good. Yes. Uh, against uh, Orion Kosuke, uh, that second round TKO was Absolutely an incredible fight. Philip Rowe looked really, really good. Then again, so did Koski in the first round. That was a great fight. I'm just laughing because I'm reading about it. Uh, Strickland, you know, wins his fifth straight against Hall in the main event. And just to quote him here, if it wasn't for the UFC, I'd probably be cooking meth in a trailer or in prison. Dude, I like him. Yeah, he's great. <laughs> he's amazing because he found he made the right choices. Look where he's yeah, at. That's right. He made the right choices in life. You know, he's made he easily could have made the wrong choices. So, he's a guy, yes, who should talk to young people. He talked about having a racist upbringing and getting over that and like, you know, a lot of people deal with that shit and he's saying like, "Hey, this is what I did and I came through the other side of it." So, yeah, I, I think he's really uh, an interesting person. I, I like him a lot. 
Uh, me too. Uh, this sport is full of them, Jimmy. Yeah. Full of interesting people. And uh, hey, man, we got the pleasure of meeting them and talking to them, Jimmy. Isn't it great? It's a fun gig. Hey, you got to talk to Cyril Gunn today. Okay. It's just great. What a great job. Don't forget Ash Dykes. Of course. You know, fucking sleeping in the Madagascar. All right, listen, Jimmy. Yeah. Uh, what do you want to plug, my friend? Just when he said total silence, I do understand what that's like. I mean, some of my shows don't go well. So I really do know what he dealt with. Here's what I want to plug. Chip Chipperson's new uh, podcast is up on YouTube, or you can go to the Patreon and uh, or get yourself a, uh, a shirt from chipchipperson.com. There's a lot of great shirts. Or go to the Cameo website and get yourself a Cameo. I'm really whoring today. Who else uh, is on Cameo? Who else? Matt Sarah, BJJ. Yeah. Uh, well, this is, I think this is Matt Sarah. Oh, just Matt Sarah. Okay. Um, Jimmy, who was your favorite Muppet? Remember the Muppet show? Probably Miss Piggy. You're fucking, why is it Miss? Wait, hold on. Why was it Miss Piggy? Honestly, <laughs> uh, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if I want to know. I thought maybe it would be fucking Fozzie Bear because he'd always do the jokes and go, ah, wonka, wonka. He was fucking horrible. He was almost like Chip. He's a bear chip. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> Did we lose you at the end of the show here? No. <laughs> I didn't let you answer. Why was it Miss Piggy? Um, because of all of them, she's probably the best in the sack. Uh, Miss Piggy's a goer. She's a goer. I don't, not that I want to see this, but I can picture you in a threesome with Kermit and Piggy. No, I could picture uh, me and Miss Piggy making a cuck out of Kermit. Cuckled in Kermit. <laughs> <laughs> Oh boy, sitting there. <laughs> How does he talk? Hey. Oh, oh, get off my piggy. Yeah. I can't, I can't yeah. do it. Me and this piggy fucking our brains out, Kermit in the corner, whacking off. <laughs> oh, shit. Oh, that fucking visual. <laughs> wonka, wonka. I right, listen, man. Yes. Jimmy, I love you, man. I'll I see love you, the- you, pal. Have it, and get a Matt Sarah cameo for somebody. Matt puts a lot of effort into them, and they're great. <laughs> I've seen them. You're the fucking best, Jimmy. I'm growing back my facial hair. Nope. I like it like this. I love you, buddy. I'll talk to you in a couple of days. See you in a couple of days, bud. Bye, everyone. Bye-bye. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. If a friend asks how you're doing, and you say, I'm okay. When the truth is, I don't want my problems to burden anyone. Or you say, Hang it in there. Because... If I ask for help, they'll just think I'm weak. Then this is your sign to call, text, or chat. 988 for free, confidential support. Anytime. You don't have to hide how you feel.